God is good, amen? amen? He is all the time, and it's amazing. No matter what we go through, no matter what we're facing, he is still worthy to be praised. He is good. There was a woman who awoke during the night to realize that her husband was no longer laying next to her. So she got out of bed, she went downstairs, and there she saw her husband at the kitchen table drinking coffee. Now, as she slowly approached him, she could notice that he had tears flowing down his face. She approached him and she says, honey, are you okay? What's wrong? Why are you here in the middle of the night drinking coffee? And why are you crying? He slowly answered her. He said, well, he says, do you remember 20 years ago when we were dating and you were only 16? She says, yes, I remember. He says, do you remember when your father caught us kissing in the back seat of my car? She said, yes, I remember. He says, do you remember when he shoved that shotgun in my face and say, either you go to jail for 20 years or you marry my daughter? She says, yes, I remember. He took a, another slow sip of his coffee and another tear flowed down his cheek and he said, well, 20 years ago, that happened. I would have been out of jail today. <laughs> Hopefully you did get that. I think most of you probably did, right? <laughs> If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Judges chapter 13? Judges chapter 13. On Wednesday evenings, we have been doing a series on the life of Samson. And we've been teaching a couple of weeks on that and starting at Judges chapter 13. And, and, and I felt that although we've, we've, done, uh, we've gone through that, there are so many good truths. And so uh, for those of you who are in that series, some of this is a stuff we've talked about, but it's, it's much more deeper. So it won't be a repeat of what we've had on Wednesday evenings, but we have been going through the life of Samson on Wednesday evenings at our Bible study. Well, Judges chapter 13, and simply today we'll be looking at the first five verses, so verses 1 to 5, and if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word. Judges chapter 13, starting from verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah, named Manoah, from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was childless and unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son, whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Let us pray. 
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth that is contained. And we pray that you would open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts and our ears to what you have to say to us this morning. And so, God, we listen to you as you speak. And we pray that you would help us to be obedient, to respond to you and the leading of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. The Israelites were God's chosen people. And throughout the Old Testament, we read about them. They were God's chosen people, and God had been faithful to them. God had done so much from delivering them out of Egypt, providing for them in the wilderness. He had done so much in rescuing them, in helping them, in forgiving them after they had gone and turned their back on him. He had been faithful to them, even in leading them to the land that he had promised. But unfortunately, many times, the Israelites turned their back on God. There were many times where they continued to worship the pagan gods that they had learned of in Egypt. There were many times where they forgot about God's goodness to them. There were many times where they chose to do their own thing regardless of the fact that they knew that it was wrong. They had turned their back on God, even though they had known that God's faithfulness. They had seen firsthand how he helped them. They had heard stories from their forefathers, but they chose to do and go their own way. And as a consequence, verse 1 tells us, God punished them by delivering them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. That was the punishment that they received. God punished an entire generation because of their sinfulness, because of what they had done. And it was regardless of the fact that they were God's chosen people, regardless of the fact that he had chosen them and set them apart, they still suffered the consequences of their sin. And it goes to show us and to remind us that God does not allow evil to go unpunished. God does not allow evil to go unpunished. You know, when we, when we think of God and we think of God's characteristics, there are many times where we describe God as loving and forgiving. We, we talk about God as being compassionate and merciful. And he is all of those things, of course. But sometimes I believe that we forget that God is judge and he is just. God is just in all of his ways. And just because God is love and God is forgiving does not mean that God will turn his eye to sin and pretend that it never happened. God does not allow sin to go unpunished. He does not allow sin, and I believe that our world needs to wake up and to realize that. I believe that our world needs to understand that they cannot go on living the way they choose to, and at the end of the day, think that because God is love, that he will just turn away and pretend it never happened. It is not like that, and his word is clear that he does not allow sin to go unpunished. He has already told us 
Anyone who does wrong will re be repaid wrong for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a layperson. It doesn't matter if you volunteer in the nursery. It doesn't matter if you're a missionary overseas. We are all the same in God's eyes, in God's sight. There is no favoritism, and God is true to his word. God is true to his word. It doesn't matter who we are. We must all come humbly before God, confessing our sins to him, asking him for forgiveness, asking him to sincerely asking him to sincerely, sincerely forgive us for what we have done and help us to overcome the temptations that surround us. And how good it is to know, how good it is to know that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, God is not just standing there and saying, you messed up, so now you're going to be punished. But he is so gracious that he has made a way for us to be forgiven. He has made a way and all he expects from us is to come before him, to confess our sins, to be repentant, to ask him to forgive us, and he will. When we ask, he will forgive us. That's all we have to do. And I say sincerely because he wants us to be sincere in our apology. Have you ever received an insincere apology from anyone? Yeah, you know that they're just saying it because they have to, right? They're just saying sorry, but they're not really sorry. You see, when we are truly sorry for what we've done, then we choose and we strive to change our behavior, not continue doing it. God wants us to be sincere he wants us to come before him and be sincerely sorry. And when we confess, when we ask, he will forgive. He will forgive. You see, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows our hearts. He knows our motives. He sees beyond what anyone else can. And when we confess our sins, when he forgives us, his word says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Once it is gone, it is gone. Once it is forgiven, it is taken care of. And God is not like a friend who will constantly remind us of our wrongdoing. God is not like a friend who will bring up the past and throw it in our face at their convenience. Once it is forgiven, it is buried, it is taken away, and it is no longer remembered. We have our part to do in coming before God, asking him to forgive us, and he will. Is there something in your life today? Are there things in your life today that you have that are unconfessed, that you need to come before God and to truly repent, truly ask him to forgive you? And the good news is that he will.
He is a loving and gracious God. And God is not just loving, but he is love in all of its sense. And he will forgive us. We're told in the story of a man named Manoah who had a wife who was childless. That is, that she was unable to have a child. She was unable to give birth. Now, for us to understand the culture of the day, we need to understand that in those days, the woman's responsibility was simply to have children and to take care of the family. That's what their responsibilities were. There was no such thing as a woman having a career. There was no such thing in those days as a woman going and getting a job. There was no such thing as a woman taking care of herself. There was no such thing in those days. But the woman's responsibility was to have the children, was to take care of the household, was to take care of the family. And so for a woman in that day to not be able to do that, it was a shameful thing. For a woman not to be able to have children, it was almost like saying, you are not able to fulfill your duty as a woman. And so for Manoah's wife, for Manoah, it was a shameful thing for their family. It was an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. Of course, today things are different, but in those days, it was a shameful thing. In verse 3, the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. The angel of the Lord comes and tells her this. Now, if you read the whole context of the story, you will discover that the angel of the Lord who appeared to her is actually Jesus, God himself, who appears to her and tells her this. You see, she knew her situation. Manoah's wife knew her body. She knew her situation. She knew that she was not able to have a child. They had probably tried many times. They had probably prayed and longed for a child, but she knew it just was not possible for her to have a child. But God told her, otherwise. God told her otherwise. The angel of the Lord came to her and one, he acknowledged her situation. See, he says, yes, you are childless and you are barren. But the second thing is, he says, but but you are going to have a child. I understand your situation, but I am going to change it. You see, when God says that it's going to happen, it's going to happen. When God says something is going to happen, we can rest assured that he is faithful to his word, that it is going to happen. God told her, I know your situation. I know that you are not able to have a child, but I am going to change that. I know what you're going through, but I am able to change that. You see, God alone has the power to change our situation. God alone has the power and the authority to change whatever it is that we are going through. When God says it's going to happen, we can believe that it's going to happen because God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man to change his mind, but God is faithful. You see, 
There have been and there will be many kings, many presidents, many prime ministers, many governors, many different rulers who will come and who will go. But God's word says, for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. You see, his kingdom will never end. His kingdom and his dominion and his throne will continue to go on and on and on. And it goes on to say, the Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. You see, if there is one person that we can believe in this life, it's God. When he says that it's going to happen, it is going to happen. When God gives us a word, when he gives us a promise, when he says that it's going to, we know that it's going to happen. And we can believe him, we can hold him to his word, because he is true and he is faithful and he is perfect in all of his ways. You see, when the angel of the Lord came to Manoah's wife, he spoke to her. Did you notice that? That he spoke to her, and that is what he said. Yes, you are childless, you are barren, you can't have a child, but you are going to have a son. You are going to give birth to a son. It's the same God who spoke creation into being. Is the same God who by his word healed those who were sick. The same God by his word who calmed the storms. Is the same God by his word who cast out demons. Is the same God who says to us today, I know your situation, but I am going to change it. I am going to change it. He says to us, he looks upon us, he says, I know your illness. I know the diagnosis that the doctor gave you, but I'm going to change it. He says to you, he says, I know your job situation. I know that you've been struggling to find that job that you want. I know that you've lost your job. I know you're not getting enough hours, but I am going to change that. He says, I know your financial situation. I know the difficulties that you are having to meet your bills every month. I know that there is more month than there is money, but I am going to change your situation. He says, I know that your marriage is not good. I know that there is a lot of issues in your relationship. I see that, but I'm going to change your situation. He says, I know that your children have walked away from me. I know that your children are rebelling and they have gone astray. I know your situation, but I am going to change it. He says, I know your uncertainty about the future. I know how desperate you are seeking me. And I am going to change your situation. You see, there is nothing that our God cannot do. There is nothing that is un there is nothing that is beyond his control. There is nothing that is outside of his power and his authority. And when he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. What is it that you are going through right now that you feel is just overwhelming, that you feel is just impossible, that you feel that you are not going to get through, that you just feel like giving up and all hope is gone? Remember that the same God 
of the Bible is the same God today, yesterday, today, and forever. And he speaks to our situation and he says, I know what you are going through, but I'm going to change it. I know, I know, but I am able. And we are able to trust him. We are able to trust God's word because it will not return void. It will accomplish and achieve the purposes for that which he sent it out for. He will do it. And you know, when we want to change our situation, it's good. But many of us need to realize that we need to stop wishing that our situation will change. We need to stop wishing and hoping that our situation will change. But in Instead, we need to start praying, getting on our knees and praying that our situation will change because we have a God and not a genie. We can pray and not wish because we have a God and not a genie, a God who hears us, a God who is able, a God who is concerned, and a God who is all-powerful. Let us start praying that our situation will change and know that he is able. Amen. 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 After the angel of the Lord told Manoah's wife that she will give birth to a son, he gave her very specific instructions. Verses 4 and 5 says, Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel to, from the hands of the Philistines. You see, Manoah's wife was chosen by God for a specific purpose. She was chosen by God to be the one to give birth to this son. Samson was also chosen by God. He was chosen to be the one to actually take the lead in delivering the people, the Israelites, from the Philistines. Both of them had a purpose. The purpose was different, but regardless of that fact, they each had a purpose. You see, in choosing both of them, there were certain things that they weren't allowed to do because he had set them apart to have a specific purpose in their lives. Why? Because they weren't like everyone else. They weren't like everyone else. There was something specific for them to do and to accomplish. And you see, when we are chosen by God... There are certain things that we need to get rid of and to stay away from that will make us unclean. When we are chosen by God for a task, there are certain things that we need to give up. There are certain things that we need to stop doing. There are certain things that we need to stay away from in order to accomplish the purposes that God has set out before us. As Christians, we are the church. We don't just go to church, but we are the church, the hands and the feet of Christ. We are literally the, the church itself, the ecclesia, the called out ones. What does that mean? It means that we are called out. And if we are called out, then we are set apart. Then we are different. That we are not like everyone else. 
And I think that as Christians, we need to remember that, that we are set apart, that we are different, that the Lord has specific plans and purposes for each one of us. And sometimes there is a tendency for people to feel like, well, God's not using me to do anything wrong. You see, whether you're speaking in front of 500 people or whether you're teaching a Sunday school class, whether you drive the church vans or whether you take out the garbage, God has a specific purpose for you and for your life. And it is different for each one of us. Like the body itself, the hand cannot say that it is more important than the eyes. The foot cannot say that it's more important than the tongue. We are each valuable, and we make up the body of Christ. We each have a specific purpose, and whatever your purpose is in life, do it well. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, go and do it. Whether that's to be an encourager and to call people and to pray with them, whether that's to give a ride to someone who doesn't have a vehicle, whether that is to babysit, whether that is to clean houses, whatever it is that you are called to do, do it well. Do it with all your might. Do it well as if you were serving the Lord because you are serving the Lord and not man. We each have a purpose. We are God's chosen people. His word says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We have been set apart We are not like the rest of the world. And what that means is that if we're set apart, if we're different, then we need to stop trying to be like everyone else. We need to stop trying to live the life the world calls us to live because that's not what God has called us to live. You see, if we are chosen, which each one of us is as his children, then we have specific purposes. And what that means is that there are certain things that we need to give up, certain things we need to stay away from. Maybe that is stop engaging in some movies and certain music, television programs. Maybe that is staying away from certain places of entertainment, whether that's nightclubs or bars or casinos. We need to stop hanging out with certain people who are causing us and leading us to sin. There are certain things as God's chosen people that are just not okay and we need to get rid of and to stay away from if we are to accomplish God's will then we need to be clean vessels we need to do his work then we need to be clean we need to be ready we need to say Lord less of me and more of you less of self and more of you oh God we need to do that And some of us need to be reminded that we are not like the rest of the world. That just because we fit somewhere does not mean that we belong there. We have been called to be different. We have been called to stand out. We have been called to be set apart, to be used in different ways. 
Celebrate the fact that you are different. Celebrate the fact that you are chosen by God to do something great. Each of us has a purpose to accomplish, and may we do that. First and foremost, to live according to his word, and also to share his love with other people. No matter what our purpose and no matter what our calling is as believers, the same calling that each of us has is responsibility to tell others about Jesus. It's not just the pastor's job. It's not just a couple people's job. It's all of our responsibility to go into all the world and to tell the good news. And you see, if we don't tell them, then who will? That is our responsibility above all. And you see, when we live as the rest of the world then we confuse what a Christian should be. Someone who is different. Someone who is called out. Someone who is not like the rest of the world to go with the flow, but to live uncompromising God's word. And sometimes that means standing alone, but that's okay. Because when God is for us, who can be against us? What about you? What about you today? Are there things in your life that you need to come before God and ask him to forgive you of? Because remember, God does not allow sin. He does not allow evil to go unpunished. Is there a situation in your life that seems overwhelming, that seems like it's just keeping, it's just keep happening and happening, that it's never going to change, and you need God to change it? Remember that he is able, and remember that when God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And on that point, we also need to understand that yes, God may give us a promise. Yes, God may say something's going to happen, but that also does not mean it's going to happen in our timing. It may not mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. It may not mean it's going to happen a year from now. It may not even mean it's going to happen five years from now. But when he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And one thing that God keeps bringing to mind for me is the story of David. You see, when David was a boy, he was anointed. And what was he anointed for? He was anointed to be the next king over Israel. He is anointed to be the king over Israel. But did that happen the next day? Did that even happen the next year? No. It took time. He needed time to grow. He needed time to learn. He needed time to develop. He needed time to build his relationship with God. But yet, when God said it was going to happen, it happened. And sometimes we need to realize it's not our timing, but it's his. But it will happen. And knowing that you are chosen, are there things in your life that you need to ask God to help you to get rid of, to help you to stop doing, to help you to stay away from, because you know that it is not pleasing to him? You see, whatever our situation may be, he is able and we don't have to leave here today the same way we came in. 
We don't have to leave here with the same feelings, with the same burdens, with the same insecurities, with the same uncertainties. We can leave here knowing that he is more than able. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And we thank you, Lord, that above all, you are so great. And Lord, we know that our minds will never fully be able to comprehend your greatness and your goodness and your power. But Lord, we thank you for what you've already started to do in our lives. And we pray that God, you would help to tug at our hearts, that you would help to refine us, to make us new, to burn away that which does not belong. Lord, as your people, we desire to see change. As your people, we desire to be made new. As your people we desire God to see more of you and less of us and we pray that father the truths that are uncovered here you would help us to put into practice you would help us to be aware of you would help us to live out in different ways and God we thank you that you are more than able to change our situation and so God we look to you and we know God that you are faithful you have proven yourself over and over again and we pray that once again you would prove yourself faithful. And so, Lord, may you move and may you speak and may you have your way in our lives. In the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.